Crystal Deal With It focuses on bridging the gap between where you're at now and where you'd like to be. We'll explore wisdom and techniques from a wide variety of domains and industries and apply them to your unique challenges. I love developing frameworks, processes, and storytelling metaphors that enable personal and business growth. Through actionable next steps, we'll build momentum and confidence. My goal is to help you clear roadblocks, do more with what you have, and realize the potential of yourself and your team. So throw your challenges my way and Chris will deal with it. Welcome to episode five of Crystal Deal With It. I've got a decade of skills, but I'm seeking new thrills. So today's question, I'm a jack of all trades, master of none, who's looking for a new job after over a decade at the same company. How do I solve my skill set and find the right match? So what stands out here is the impression that our asker has done a lot at their company over the past 10 years. I mean, it could be daunting thinking about working somewhere else having to start out anew, proving yourself to a new cast of characters. If you're fortunate, you're considering this while you're also collecting a steady paycheck, but if you're in a situation where you were like, oh, wage quit, you may need to fast track this process and or cast a wider net. Regardless, coming out of a decade plus with the same employer, I break this down into two steps. One, break down your skills, and two, find a match. One, breaking down your skills. My advice is to sit down and take an audit of your skills. I find it's useful to group them into different categories since they'll have varying levels of impact on your job search um, and employers' assessments of your fit within their organizations. So these categories, company-specific, industry-specific, general skills, and unique talents. So let's start by breaking down each of these categories. Then we'll review a deliciously hypothetical example to illustrate what an audit might look like. Company-specific goals. Software packages, policies and procedures, existing and potential contracts, vendors, price structures and margins. It's important to recognize which company-specific skills could be deemed proprietary. Uh, They might even be covered under NDAs, which are non-disclosure agreements. Uh, Regardless, these things will be sensitive to your employer. If and when you leave your current job for a competitor, these are the things they're going to be nervous about. Industry-specific. So this would be commodity knowledge and standards, awareness of the competition, like market share, trends, that sort of thing. Vendor base, their quality, reliability, cost structures, personal relationships or experience with some of those potential clients and or vendors, and participation awareness of trade organizations. General skills, which most companies are going to look for. Computer experience. And this can range from Microsoft Office to I know how to code, or I can build data analytics dashboards. Uh, They're gonna care about punctuality, reliability, the ability to communicate effectively, people management, that's hiring, firing, training, sales or negotiation experience. And this is where specific dollar numbers or examples speak volume, um, if you're able to provide them. Project management, product and or brand development. And lastly, you're gonna have your unique talents. That's gonna be your education, past experiences prior to your current position, foreign language fluency, Hobbies such as reading, musical instruments, sports, clubs or organizations you belong to outside of work, understanding of business finance or social media engagement. And that last one, in my, in my opinion, many say they can do this. Few know how to do it really well. So now it's time for Chris's story time. Uh, we're going to illustrate with an example here. Since I'm a storyteller at heart, I'm going to go a little excessive with my example because well, it's my podcast and uh, I had too much fun developing this fictional backstory. And I'm unapologetic about puns, so enjoy. Let's say our asker is a baker. 
All right, fine. They're a baker wannabe who failed out of culinary school. They moved to New York City with a couple of roommates. They bounced around odd jobs until they got into a cashier job at a new boutique French boulangerie on the Upper West Side. They've been there ever since. Through hard work and a surprising aptitude with yeast, they rose through the ranks, needing skills into their life, often unconsciously, thanks to the countless demands thrown their way over the years. They've baked baguettes. They've lorded over the cheese display like an aristocratic noble. Uh, as master of the new register system. They still take excessive pride whenever they walk through the stockroom they reorganized three years ago. They intermediate arguments between delivery drivers. They're the Le Spirit Superior behind the Jam and Jambon Festival that aided the boulangerie's recovery from COVID. So with our backstory established, and apologies to anyone that actually knows how to pronounce French well, uh, let's illustrate how our asker could audit their skills using the categories that I established before. Company-specific skills. Software packages. Our asker knows the point-of-sale system, POS, like the back of their hand. They've managed inventory levels, entered new products, and they're often called upon to train new employees on it. You want to avoid too much depth on the resume with specific software, but our asker should definitely mention any deep experience with point-of-sale systems and training of employees. Uh, often those abilities are what's going to translate between, uh, between jobs. Policies and procedures. They're aware of how the company says safety first, but doesn't enforce it reliably. They know what should be done and wishes more people took it seriously. Our asker would probably want to mention how they've managed to build deep, amicable relationships with coworkers through the years, and they know how to establish trust. Existing and potential contracts. They're aware of the tight relationship between the owner, we'll call him Francois, uh, and the owner of two large hotels near Central Park. The morning deliveries to those hotels are always mission critical and one of their core responsibilities. Our askers should be careful, but they could mention how they manage over a quarter million dollars a year with the boulangerie's main client. Vendors. Our askers spent over two years in purchasing. During that time, they spoke with their vendors, calling in orders, paying invoices, etc. They recall the pain of changing butter vendors from Roberto from Boer Brothers when he fattened his prices 20% out of nowhere. So should our asker be interviewing at other bakeries, the experience and connections to potential vendors are definitely worth mentioning. Price structures and margins. You know, they know why a customer off the street pays $4 for a baguette, but Francois charges hotel clients only 2 because the volume is amazing and Francois is clever and also built in extra markup for his famous eclairs that more than make up the difference in net profit. So our asker can mention their ability to work with wholesale and retail customers Again, you're really trying to find where those company-specific skills would translate to other potential employers, but whether it's in your industry or outside of it. So let's talk about those industry-specific skills. Uh, commodity knowledge and standards. You know, my heavens, if our asker isn't the life of any proper party, they delight with their exhaustive knowledge and supply of French baguettes and pastries. You know, our asker should be taking an exhaustive audit of the various elements uh, of their industry and the depth of their knowledge in it. Uh, for a framework on how to do this, you refer back to episode two of Chris will deal with it, and I go into a little discussion on T-graphs. Let's say they have an awareness of the competition. You know, our asker has visited all the boulangeries in the city worth their salt. Their close friend Remy maybe manages Pat's Patisserie in Red Hook, Brooklyn. So they should be buying Remy lunch, picking their brain about opportunities, what employers are looking for, and or getting some honest feedback on their self-audit. Again, they've been out of the workforce for a decade, so they're going to want to get up to speed on what's changed over that time frame. You know, they haven't interviewed forever. The customer base, you know, working the register has given our asker tons of experience in dealing with customers face-to-face. -face. Again, something that translates far beyond into other industries. 
the vendor base. You know, they know all the vendors they currently use, but if they're being honest, they only look outside that group when there's a problem. So the key for our asker here is their knowledge of the procurement process. You know, that translate acro- translates across most industries. It's worth considering reaching out to maybe some of your trusted vendors who might be interested in hiring someone with the knowledge and experience of a customer. Uh, likewise, you can consider jumping to one of your customers as long as you've developed strong relationships and have some knowledge of the people and operations you'd be getting involved with. And again, participation and awareness of trade organizations. You know, Are you involved or even aware of the trade groups in your industry? Most industries have them. In our example, the Bread Bakers Guild of America. But again, you may want to go explore them and they may have opportunities. They may have uh, networking events, things like that. General skills. So this, again, these are the ones that most companies are going to be looking for. So computer experience, again, our asker can go into their experience of point of sale systems. Maybe they've done some PowerPoint presentations, fooled around a little with Excel, generally knows their way around a computer. Uh, The key here is to highlight your strengths while displaying that you know enough to be dangerous or that you can adapt quickly to similar systems. Punctuality and reliability. Our asker is someone that any prospective employer can depend on. You know, they're pathologically early and they should be proud of it. Our asker clearly knows how to talk to people at various levels of organizations, from Francois' buddy that owns the hotels to the most harried customer to the shady vendor who doesn't like paying their invoices on time. They really need to highlight here how they approach conflict, preferably with a solid high-stakes example. They're going to want to talk about people management. Our asker has managed the cashier crew for the past four years, and it's all the other daily responsibilities heaped into their basket. You know, they truly are a jack-of-all-trades, which helps them know when an employee isn't cutting it. Our asker could use this opportunity to highlight how they rallied the crew for the festival they put on. Uh, Sales negotiation experience. Again, you want to be as specific as you can be, while respecting the sensitive nature of your current employer's business. For example, how much rotating, spoilable inventory do they manage? Did they work with a vendor to get better payment terms during the pandemic? Examples matter even for outside industries. These are things and stories that can be easily grasped, and they're commonplace problems across many fields. They're going to want to talk about project management. Give one or two highlights, short and sweet, loaded with specifics, Um, and if available, if you have links to any kind of press articles or uh, something on the company's website. And that could be with your current employer or past experiences as well. Product and brand development. Why have they stayed with their employer for over a decade? You know, is there pride in what they're a part in, the mission or the name they represent, the quality of the product? Do they take personal stock in that, the success of that product or service? Uh, lessons learned here speak volumes uh, for their own initiative, their ability to think outside the box, their willingness to take risks. Uh, these lessons, inspirations, uh, the understanding provided by these examples are what resonate, uh, ultimately translates to other employers. So that's why you really want to focus on this for storytelling purposes. So again, I'm going off the deep end here to highlight this point. Our askers should be focusing on the real lessons behind their examples. And an audit like this also helps you to hone in on the types of work, corporate values that resonate with you. Uh, That can really help you focus your job search. Lastly, unique talents. People do business with people, not organizations. The same holds true with job hunting. People hire people. So you want to be yourself. You never know what an interviewer might key in on uh, when reading your resume. Personally, I skip to the bottom of resumes before I ever start at the top. What kind of person am I going to hire? I've actually been hired for a crucial job interview just because my interview said I played a collegiate roller hockey. I mean, you really never know. Uh, You're going to want to mention degrees of any level associates or above. Uh, After 10 years employed, nobody gives a Madalena about your high school experience. So stick with college if you have it. 
degrees always matter, uh, but if you do get the chance to answer any questions about it, you're going to want to highlight the values and the journey that you've derived from it, especially, again, after 10 years uh, to answer our asker's question. You don't really want to give a blow-by-blow on every single course that you took unless there's specific skills or, or, or things that you learned for the job you're interviewing for. Don't sugarcoat your resume uh, or, or your interview with overstatements of your ability. You really want to be your authentic self. You want to maybe even point out a weakness or two that you've discovered from your current job. Speaking of past experiences, to whether your current position or the position you're in now you're looking to leave, you're not going to want to dwell on the reasons that you left or you'll let go or the reasons you want to leave. Focus on how they've informed your continuing journey. Again, you're telling a story just like I'm telling you now to any prospective employer. List as many past experiences as you can on your resume. Your interviewer is going to review those. They might have some connection or similar experience with one of them. Um, You want to have those stories queued up for those instances, tying them into your more recent successes. Okay, so part two, finding a match. So you've done an honest and exhaustive skills assessment. Why did you go through the exercise? So now you should have a better idea of what skills may or may not be relevant to your prospective employers. Now you should be asking yourself some questions on that assessment. Do you like your industry? Do you want to stay in it? Why are you looking to change jobs? Don't discount your experience here. Is there something your current employer could do or change that would get you to stay? Of the skills that you detailed, which ones brought you the most fulfillment? Why? So going back to our fictional example, our asker always loves the quarterly team dinners Francois holds. So they really may understand from that the makeup of the team matters. And to take this one step further, when they're interviewing for a job, they should insist on meeting the team that they'd be working with. You're trying to make sure they're the right fit for you as well as the other way around. So with a decade plus of experience, they're likely going to have some strong connections within and tangential to their current job or industry. Since you've been out of the job market for so long, ask around, if you can, about what the market looks like. Again, I talked about Remy earlier. Now, what skills are in demand? What are people getting paid for similar levels of experience and skill? Who's even hiring right now? How many applicants are applying? Check, see how long that job has been open, because if it's been open for a while, what are they looking for that they haven't found yet? This may be obvious, but it does need to be said. You want to be discreet here if you're staying within your industry. Ensure you trust who you're talking to so it doesn't get back to your current employer. Unless you're devious and are putting all this out there just to get a fat raise out of Francois. Are you looking outside of your industry? For this, I'd suggest starting with assessing what you care deeply about, specific needs for salary, benefits, mission, etc. You should realize you're probably going to be starting out both lower in position and compensation due to a lack of industry-specific experience. So you really want to focus in on the skills and experiences that translate best to the industry you're interviewing for. And your resume might look different in this case than if you were applying in your current industry. You know, if our asker is applying to an office manager job at an electronics distributor, they probably won't care about the finer details of cheese spreads. You're also going to want to scour LinkedIn. Maybe there's some second or third level connections within companies in the spaces you're looking at. So make sure your profile is up to date. A little tip here, make sure not to let your changes post to your feed. Those could get picked up by your employer or coworkers. So if you're trying to be discreet, you really want to make sure your settings are done before you start messing around with your profile. Search company websites for job listings. See if you can find information or bios of the people likely to interview you. Uh, Run open searches on them. Are there any shared connections or interests? Again, you're trying to cast as wide a net as possible. But remember, your goal is to find the right fit, not the first fit. So to close out today's episode, I've got a neat quote here that's credited to uh, a Kenan Sheldon. 
but I discovered it while reading Transcend by Scott Kaufman. The happiest person is the person doing good stuff for good reasons. Thanks and have a great day. If you feel that Chris dealt with it, I'd appreciate your support of the show by sharing it with someone who might benefit. Ratings on your favorite podcast player are also helpful in growing the audience. Visit chriscroyder.com for free downloadable PDFs with notes and resources for today's episode, sign up for the CDWI mailing list, or to send in your problems or requests for future shows. That's C-H-R-I-S-K-R-E-U-T-E-R.com or use the link in the show notes. Thanks for listening to Crystal Dealer.